Cedric Alexander's gonna win? Nope. Oh, so you're not for the black guy, that's what it is. That's not a not for the black guy. It's because of that poster that Cindy sent about uh with all the champions. They are like already advertising another show somewhere. You do realize that's Photoshop, right? I can take that title right off for somebody with Photoshop. It's not like Yeah, but we, we haven't there. been uh, she hasn't been really wrong about other events that have happened already in the past where they showed a promo poster for something and then they and then it's not the match true, went there. Because they had Ronda Rousey Ronda Rousey not they had Alexa I remember that. At women's for women's evolution, um, Alexa Bliss was still champion when they had the posters and then Ronda Rousey beat her ass in August to take the title from her. And then they had to change the poster. It's literally the title belt is a damn Photoshop. Just pull the damn title off, and it's the same picture. It's All like, I lie for your sake, I hope so. Hey guys, this is uh, Markel, of course, in here munching on a delicious muffin. And this is your boy Smooth Daddy Ron Jeezy. Uh, nobody <laughs> ever calls you that. So. Yeah, yeah, they always call me Ron Smooth Daddy Jeezy. Nah, this is your boy Ronnie. And we're on another episode of Ronnie and Markel. Not just Mega Podcast. We are on episode 96, sir. We are slowly but surely approaching uh, that 100th episode. And we have to tell you, we have a very special guest that's coming up. We will not share the details on the show right now, but we all we got to say is that... Boom shakalaka. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, we'll go with that. Boom shakalaka. No, he's actually... Uh, in the comics industry and a very big name, so uh, coming up very soon, you will hear. <laughs> and that which could fit just about a billion, a million different names. So. Listen, I'm like Disney and Marvel. I stay vague, man. I'm really vague. Makes sense. Speaking of Disney and Marvel, um, we got ourselves all the rounding of news, as you know. If you've never heard the show before, where have you been? We're on 96 episodes. You can go back and listen to the other ones if you like. If not, we'll, we'd love and thank the fact that you're here right now. The way our good show goes is that we break our show up into various segments of entertainment and pop culture news all around, from anime to comic books to WWE to AEW. Uh, and we talk about the hot topics and uh, give you uh, our thoughts and, and prayers on all of those different topics. Yeah, so if we think it fucking sucks, we tell it like it is. We tell it straight up. We're not scripted. This is a straight up show. So uh, if you're, you feel like you're, you know, you're a little butt hurting and you, you don't want to get your feelings hurt, um, you can hit pause now. But if not, keep going with us and uh, we will share. Join us on a little journey of nudity. Join us unscripted. Is that, a, is that a word? Nerdity? Nerdity. If it's um, not, I just made it up. I should probably Google that. Boom. Nerdity. So what part of the news do you want to start with, good sir? Uh, let's start with my favorite section of the news. Movie news. Dun, dun, dun. Movie news. <laughs> Still don't have sound effects, guys. Still working on it. Still working on it. What do you have for movie news, good sir? Uh, let's start with J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams just signed a very big deal with Warner Media. Did you hear about that? Wait, Lil' J.J.? Lil' J.J.? From the block? No, J.J. Bad Robot Productions, J.J. Abrams. Ah, Lil' J.J. Cloverfield, J.J. Yep. Mm, what are you doing? Felicity. He going to Apple, right? Nah. He is going to... J.J. Abrams turned down Apple's $500 million in favor wait, wait, of joining Warner Media. $500 million. $500 million from Apple. 
what's your thoughts? Why do you think he did that? Before you, before you, first, go into and, first and foremost, he definitely must not need the money. Mm. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I mean, with the projects that he's done from Star Wars, going all deep and all the way back to Felicity, pretty sure this guy has done a body of work that have served him well financially. Wait, Felicity? He did Felicity? Yeah, he created Felicity, That's awesome. the TV show. You That's didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. I mean, I didn't know that either for until like maybe a year or two ago. But yep. Mm. But uh, yeah, uh, coming. This report is from JoeBlow.com. No, no, says, you didn't answer the question. Why do you think that he? You think he? You think he just turned it down because he just doesn't need? The oh money? well, first, I mean, we got to tell the people what we're even talking about. So it was officially announced that J.J. Abrams has signed a five-year pact. Uh, which would find Abrams' Bat Robot Productions company making movies, TV shows, games, and other entertainment content for Warner Media. While the deal was initially reported to be in the 500 million range, it seems to be close to the 250 million. Mm. So wait, the, so you're saying that the deal wasn't really 250 million dollars? It was actually, I'm sorry, it wasn't actually 500 million. It wasn't actually million? 500 million that Warner Media offered him. Warner Brothers offered him 500 million to come over there. I mean, not Warner Brothers, um, Apple. I would offer him that to come over there. The now, fact I would that love to know the details of that because I would love to know if there was... So, Apple's the kind of company that will also offer you stock options, which don't get me wrong, that stock is, is freaking golden. Um, so, I'm wondering if it was in full on like cash value, $500 million, or I'm offering you a deal that's worth $500 million. Like, I'm going to give you $200 million in stock options, and then three hundred million actually. For for me, I think that J.J. Abrams has been around long enough and knows what he wants. He knows that he has the star power to take himself and his production company just about anywhere and make a, a big finance. Not only a financial impact, but an impact within, let's see, TV. He's uh, he's conquered television, movies, and now comic books soon with his Spider-Man comic coming out soon. I think he's gonna conquer no so, damn comics. He's like come, he's come writing on, that a comic book. book. That book Relax. is definitely gonna sell out. As popular as he oh, is, oh no, it's gonna as sell popular out. as he is in film and television. Like if that book's gonna do big numbers easily. I don't see that book doing that big of a number. I see okay. that book selling out in stores, probably number one. The guy once that, two the hits, guy that put Star Trek and Star Wars back on the map is not going to sell out stores with a comic Sorry, book. back on the map? What the fuck? I don't understand. I was, what's what's his back on the map? I mean, before he made Star the, Wars be- fandom has before, continued to Before live he on. made the Star Trek movies, who cared about Let's, Star Trek? All of the people who go to cons and still support Star Trek after like over forty the, fucking years. Yeah, of after yeah, those cons. A lot of those cons that are some of those are, are new, which didn't come out until no, his movies. No, they didn't. Please, the, the Star Wars and Star Trek fandom okay, has name, continued to name, live on. Name one them. before his first Star Wars movie. He I mean, never, not Star Wars, Star Trek. Name one before his. He made Star a, Trek. he made live action shows. That doesn't mean that's the only thing that is made from that. No, they still I'm make books. They still he, make comics. They still make. No other one media. was giving a shit about Star Trek until oh, he started making a Star Trek movie. That's not true. What? Wait, are you serious? Who's okay? Who? Like I said, who? Okay, before his first sorry, Star you Trek, just said he put Star Trek and Star Wars on the map. Put him back on the map. Back on the map. Back Where did it go? Where, where was Star Wars before he made Force Awakens? You are simply just using like live action. You're not answering any of the questions, though. I just said before to you, he fa- made Force Awakens, they were in Star other- Wars wasn't doing well they because were no other- one liked the last film that okay. came out. Sorry, but 
I've been following them, and I'll say that they've been in other mediums. Like, oh, I don't know, animation, comic books. I'm talking about the movies, my friend. I'm talking about the movies. He okay, put, so he brought the movies. Be very specific. He when brought you the say, movies back. He, but you gotta be think. Very but you gotta think that spreads into those other oh areas. If his movies weren't successful, would that would people have given a shit to buy all that? Yes. O- that opened a floodgate door for them to do all that stuff in comics and all those other. You outlets. probably should pay attention to the fact that they didn't bring those movies into that. Other I'm still stuff. trying you to think. That, before J.J. Right? Abrams made Force Awakens, where was 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 there another Star Wars movie that came out that was really popular? They had Clone Wars. It was a very popular series, and it's still going on. Yeah, it's I'm, going on. To like the I said, I'm talking about talking the movies. About? You're talking about something that wasn't in the movies. I'm talking about movies. Okay. Live action for them. The last ones that they had were those episodes one, two, and three. And and a lot of people didn't like the last Star Wars that came out. That's what I'm no, saying. They, no, he, they didn't. They had problems with the actor Mannequin, uh, Mannequin Skywalker. Skywalker. They didn't like the last Star Wars. Correct. That's what I'm people saying. People had issues with it. They were divisive on it. Like that. There's people were still divisive. Force on Awakens, Force Awakens brought it back up. That's what I'm saying. Same Did thing it? with Star Trek. No one was saying. Let me. Let's just put it. We wouldn't have had that TV show that's on CBS. None of that would be possible if his first Star Trek movie wasn't good. I'm just good. saying you need to be specific to saying that he didn't resurrect the the actual like. Well, I'm franchise. thinking about this. He I'm literally, th- literally I'm, but I'm literally telling you, J.J. Abrams' body of work. Like this is why he's a big sought after name because people, people, Mission Impossible. Like he puts big numbers, on, you know, okay. with franchises. When he gets involved in the franchises, I agree with the fact that, yes, because he has a name, he attaches himself with those things, and those things go on to be very successful. But I will say the fact that there are specific areas of the franchises. That's what I'm trying to get but, to you. But from a nerdy point of view, I also know that J.J. Abrams likes to pick projects that interest him. And the fact that he turned down Apple for Warner Brothers, literally, like, come on. Like, I know that he but mentioned... there's an obvious point that you're I know that he, that. I know that I, he I'm mentioned... See if you get he, he mentioned a while ago about always wanting to direct a Superman movie. So, like, it was a no-brainer that he signed a deal with Warner Brothers over okay. Apple. So, his own self-interest. But there's another very, very important thing that you keep missing when it comes to Apple. Why he probably didn't sign with them, even though they gave him big numbers. Think about that for a second. Let's take the two companies and compare them for a second. Break it down. Warner Media just got bought out by AT&T. Um, is responsible for... Almost, I'd say, 30, 40% of, of, like, most things that are, like, fandom or major in pop culture now from, like, you know, uh, all of the DC stuff and all of the Harry Potter stuff and all of those things. But now you look on the other side, Apple, at this point, when it comes to streaming services or live action, <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, what have they done? Nothing! It's what <laughs> so I'm saying to you. Is that, 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 to me, is more obvious than everything else that you're saying. Like, oh, he wants to make a Superman. Let's face facts on the, fa- on the fact that you think about it like a job, okay? It's a job. So if he goes, okay, Netflix is going to say, I'm oh, sorry, Warner Warner's Media is like, hey, we're an established studio with lots and places for you to go and a name already attached and you get to write, produce, and direct. Like, he gets to do all of those for the project. Now, with Apple, they're a startup, essentially, for but when it, it comes but to that. Like, but, they're a startup for that. But, it's, but I feel like we don't know that for sure. We don't, because we don't know. They keep what they're doing under wraps they are very a well. Startup. So you, you don't be, really be, know. Be like, like do, you, do you know half the stuff that they're putting, they plan to put out on the Everything Apple that TV they've said yet? so far. That's what I'm saying, but other than that, we don't okay. really... 
But we once again, really so if you look at them from a company standpoint, Apple mainly, their main money ain't coming from that streaming service. Because I don't know too many people that signed up for Apple Plus just yet. Anybody? No? All right, cool. Nobody signed up for that service yet. Now, you look on the side of Warner Brothers. How many people have seen Warner Brothers movies in their entire well, life? Well, it's a no-brainer for me. I'm like, Now, you look at that and say that you have all of those established scenes. And at any point in time, Apple could be like, you know what, we're going to get out of this TV game. Sorry, uh, you know, you can take your money and go. And then now he's and the, like back and, to square And the one. person who benefits from this the most, DC. I don't think that's they're the ones that benefit the most. Warner Brothers has a lot of properties that they They don't own. benefit the most from J.J. No, Abrams' Bat Robot Company joining them. I don't think the, they're the ones that, that benefit the most. So I you don't. don't think that was their reasoning behind coming after him in the first place? I don't really think that they're thinking about trying to continue that race of like I'm going I to get, get that get get get, get the, the get the race DC. get the race part out of your head. I don't think that they're focused on that. I think they're focused on making quality film and television that makes sense. But they do. So they, they so they got a guy who can help them take that to another level. That's that's what I think that they were thinking. But they've already I don't been. think they were thinking like, oh let's compete with Marvel. I just think they thought But when you're talking about D C specifically, so why would if that's the case, if they're just looking for just good good movies, then why would D C be the only would be the ones that benefit the most from them? They're not the only ones well, that no, they have I'm, the I'm not saying like he'll just do I'm not saying he'll do good for just the T V. I think he'll do good for all of them, all of their platforms. I think all of the properties that they have that will benefit from uh, the, the like him being there as well. Because, but also I think of the fact that I don't think he's all that interested. From at least what I'm seeing, he's not all that interested in taking on a bunch of other franchises that companies own, unless they're like, do your thing. If they're letting him make it like an indie movie. He's all for it. Otherwise, I see this guy making a bunch of indie films that are just well, not just films. Big, big, I mean, also budgets. TV shows and stuff too. Correct. He's going to make shows, a bunch cartoons. of cartoons at his age. Maybe DC. How many, maybe how many kids D- does he have? Do you don't, have kids? Don't, yeah, he has a son. Remember? Okay. Well, you the son that he's kid? doing the the book. Okay. But so, but also comics. Don't don't forget that too. I understand that. He's still still DC. But what I'm saying to you is that if you think about what he's doing. He's he's thinking future-wise. The same thing Bendis did when he made the jump from Marvel to there. If you go back to the interview or the articles that were put out about why he made the jump from Marvel and Disney over to uh, DC and Warner Brothers, was a simple fact that he wanted to essentially do something new, but he also felt like being somewhere they. They interest him from a story, a storytelling standpoint. Like if you re- if you read the article that was released uh, well, by yeah, that's the, the Hollywood that's Reporter, what I'm saying. This they actually with, said that's what I'm saying. With him signing with Warner Media, it kind of washes both hands. They get this genius guy who can help them on all their different projects. But uh, and for him, he's a, a passion guy who likes a lot of different properties and movies. He's a so, storyteller, so so you, so you he, don't know what. Uh, outlets besides just film and television that you know he could also create help them create video games comic books all kind of stuff well that's what the plan is is for him to be involved in various different parts of it why did he turn them down uh, it says in the article from the Hollywood Reporter that he was interested like it says it here it's a thrill for Katie this this is uh, Abrams said uh, it is a thrill for Katie McGrath Brian Weinstein and me and the rest of the team at Bad Robot to call Warner Media. Our company's new home. John Stinkley was has a powerful 
uh, vision for the future of uh, Warner Media and is committed to storytelling that connects people around the world. We're excited and uh, gratified to be a part of this new chapter under his and Ann Cernos thoughtful leadership that's just part of it you can read more of the article with the Hollywood Reporter so um, he basically he coming in and he bringing his people too well he's bringing people in but he's also following somebody it's almost like if you were a, a, a director of films and you were interested in making you go you know what I've made a lot of good films I'm interested in doing one of those comic book movies now oh yeah and then the, the last line I'm grateful for the chance to write produce and direct work this incredible company and to help create films and series with a diverse and vast collection of inspiring storytellers yeah but but that's what he's looking for at this point now it's no longer it you you said it best it's no longer the paycheck he's looking at it from a standpoint but of it, life. it is funny though if you go back to his ted talk because he did big up apple during his ted talk because he said when he saw uh what is it his tv show lost when he saw it because he talked about being a huge apple fanatic and loving apple so it is funny that when he got the opportunity to work with them he you know kind of walked away i mean i don't think he did it I don't think he did it, you know, like, I think he still has a good reputation with them. I think he, this is just, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, you know what, working for them will be great, but, I, but you know, ultimately, probably after talking to his team, working with Warner was a better, you know, choice and decision for them at, the, at this time. Yeah. Which, which doesn't which doesn't That's rule out. This is a five year deal, so I'm I would I would be it would be funny to know that when when year five comes, if someone from Apple's waiting outside, like hey JJ, talk to you for a minute. Correct. Right. He said it best in his own words, and this is what I gather from this uh, from his statement. He is looking to join up with somebody who has a vision, and is a and is a, and he distinctly says thoughtful leadership. That is something that somebody like him, who's already gone from being a part of like startups and being his own starter, to now joining up with somewhere where it's a little bit more security in the sense of like, yes, Apple has trillions of dollars, but do, who do they have in their Apple, movie company Apple's that's like, making uh, this stuff? Apple's like, like Mr. Burns. He's like, hello, JJ. I have a table with uh, all these briefcases full of money. I'm going to leave the room, and yeah, exactly. uh, maybe you're going to have more money Think they came back it. in and he was like they were like the money's still on the table i'll say this last thing before we move on um i i will say that i think if you think about this decision on his part like a job if you were going to interview him for two different jobs and you walked into a startup and this startup looks beautiful it had all this technology and you're looking around and you're like where are the managers like oh we're working on that we're working on that but man look at this couch over here look at this look at these tvs look at this you get your own iphone and an ipad and you can do all of these wonderful things and here's all of these briefcases of money like you just said now you go and interview at warner brothers and you walk in and everything looks structured. You're like, what's going on in that conference room? Oh, they're discussing the new Harry Potter movie. The, the only thing, the like, only thing there, where I feel like I single out Apple is not a startup, and just like, kind of just some guys with a lot of money who want to experiment. Because I'm like, if if Rod, let's that's say, a startup, no, I'm just that can like, be a startup. No, I'm saying what what makes them different from other startups is like, let's say the Apple Plus app falls. I feel like Apple is just like, well, you're at, and they just move on to something else because oh, they're not, I, you know, they're like I'm a company that's, that that it financially is powerful enough to recover from failure. 
At this he, point in time, they are trying to get into an industry where it is kind of still at its early phases. Of the streaming war has already begun. Disney has already set their flag and are showing you. If you're looking across the water, you see all of these beautiful castles. You see a Marvel castle. You see a Fox castle. You see Hulu castle, ESPN castle. You see all of this stuff that they got going on, and that stuff is going to become live and active on November 12th. But at the same time, everybody else is like kind of preparing their battleships and getting ready because ultimately they're all preparing for us. Whoever we decide that we're going to give our money to on a monthly so, basis. So far, what they what the Apple winner. Plus, uh, the Apple TV Plus has revealed seems more adult. I don't know if they. I'm pretty sure they have some family oriented stuff or whatever coming, but there's the stuff plenty they, of stuff. Stuff there's they have revealed just seems like it's mostly just for adults so far. Well, when you really look at the streaming part of it, uh, you are getting, I would say, if you look at numbers for like Netflix or Hulu and these different places, a lot of their content is adults. Of course, they'll have a kid section, which may have some content. But again, that's why I keep calling them in the, in the streaming place, in the streaming department, that area, they're a startup. They are very at the very beginning Maybe stages. Maybe startup plus. You can throw that in there. They're a startup plus. The biggest thing that they have is a huge budget. They have a huge budget and no because yeah, because that's why like the would the differences with regular startups is like all right if this fails it's like ah shit that might be it and we gotta start over and we gotta get finance somehow but I'm like Apple is like a fucking giant conglomerate that's like all right if this shit fails what else we got they're they're going to be able to fast track to yeah. a higher position yeah they, yeah, they can go right war because they have a state they they have a golden castle they have a golden goose like they are. You know they have the money to like fail and continue and keep to keep going, going. keep yes. going forward. Uh, because again, unless the iPhone dies out, that's the only other th- that's their major revenue at this point. Uh, but with that said, congratulations to J.J. Abrams. Uh, and I look forward to for I look forward to the announcement of a Superman movie because when when they announced that he signed with them, I'm like it will be all, well not even I won't even say Superman. Any DC character he decides to make a movie of, I feel like, take my money, because I'm a, f- a big fan of the guy, and I know he'll do it justice. Yeah. I think he's going to do a great job um, over with, with Warner Media. It's going to be an interesting relationship, because something you mentioned earlier was like, oh, you put these other companies on the map, and it just kind of seems like, I would love to know more details of this deal in the, around if he's still going to be able to work with all those other people. Like is so is episode nine his last Star Wars we're gonna oh, see because it's like well you can't be over there sleeping around with these guys and then come over oh, here yeah, yeah. and you want to make all this stuff unless he could have again you these guys get twenty four hours and seven days a week to work on this uh, stuff that we love so they could have already have had some plans and worked on stuff like he could have made projects while. The Last Jedi came out that they're going to review for the app and True. so on and so forth. So I think so. I think whatever deal he made with them is probably some stipulations for him to work with other people. Because think about it, like well, they announced him, they announced him signing this, but we know that he has the comic book coming out with Marvel Correct. and stuff like that. So I'm pretty sure he did some loop. He said, "All right, I can do this, this, and that. If I can do this, this, and this." Because when you see it, it's not, it's not a. I, I think the words are on here are very interesting. Is that they announced a he signed a five year pack, which just basically means that like there's an agreement made, but that agreement, like you said, could include um, you know work, allowing but him if, to uh, work on the projects. Marvel, you know, Marvel Disney calls me again. I'm gone. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, we won't, we won't mess with your other money, but just make sure, you know, that's that's another reason why too. You talking about DC is gonna benefit. I don't really see. 
it, I could be wrong, but I don't see him working on any Disney projects or DC projects. For I mean, we'll, they can we'll utilize get into that too, but that's just what I mean. Like the stuff that they're putting together lately seems like they're trying to get. They've learned. They're slowly learning from their failures, and they're trying to get it together. Absolutely. Speaking of uh, Marvel, as we, we you know tried to talk about uh, Warner Brothers and J.J. as much as possible, but they always pop up in the news at some point. Uh, there is a, re- a clip that has actually been blowing up the internet for the last you know almost 24 hours. Uh, the Samuel Jackson Nick Fury clip that is uh, post. If you remember after uh, Iron Man 1 just came out in 2008, there was a post credit scene which let us know that there is a bigger world. Now, Kevin Feige has revealed that there is a, an alternative clip that could have been used that mentions some very interesting people. So, uh, if you haven't checked out the clip, definitely go online, but we're going to talk about it now. So, um, spoilers if you haven't uh, checked it out yet, but hey, it's online. So you can also check it out on our Instagram, which is at Ronnie Markel Podcast, um, and check it out and leave a comment. Tell us what you think. Uh, so, what was your thoughts on this on this clip? Let's let's tell the people about the clip, and then we'll give you, um, give our two cents on it. So, I have a terrible memory, but I'm going off what I remember. I remember in so this alternate clip, Nick, it's the scene at the end of the first Iron Man where Nick Fury shows up, and you know, originally he's like, "You think you're the only superhero in the world," and you know, mm-hmm. and they kind of cut to that. But this one goes more in detail, specifically with the different people who exist in the now-formed MCU. From what, Ant-Man, they talk about Ant-Man, they talk about Hulk, uh, they talk about mutants, I believe. Right? They don't talk about Ant-Man. What are you talking about? Yeah, talking they, about talk, Ant-Man? they talk about Ant-Man. No, they don't talk about Ant-Man. Yeah, didn't he talk about Ant-Man? I will read you what he said, sir. Okay, tell me what, what he, he said. said I thought was, he mentioned Ant-Man as one of the first. Dealing with gamma accidents, radioactive bug bites, and ex- Oh, and yeah, radioactive bugs. bug bites. That's why I thought that was like also including Ant-Man. Do you know how Ant-Man became Ant-Man? He didn't get bit by a damn I know ant. that. I'm just saying the fact that he mentioned a bug, I thought that was supposed to be a mention of Ant-Man. Ant-Man was before him. Yeah, I know that. That's what. It, so he wouldn't know about Ant-Man. Ant-Man was before him. Hank Pym and them was before oh, yeah, the 90s right. when he oh, met Captain right. Marvel. I just so heard, he I heard bug and I thought Ant-Man. So he spoke in the clip, if when you uh, if you check it out, if you haven't checked it out already, we're going to spoil the shit out of it now. So uh, three, two, one. All right, now we're spoiling it. So... Um, he mentioned gamma accidents, which clearly is the Hulk, radioactive bug bites, which is clearly Spider-Man, and assorted uh, an assortment of oh, mutants. see, that's funny. I thought Ant-Man. <laughs> I didn't think of Spider-Man. I understand. I think the, the, the decision... And you know what's funny? Maybe going back to uh, before the Sony deal, maybe that's why I was thinking Ant-Man. I was like, because technically they didn't have Spider-Man until not Well, technically, at t- in 2008, they didn't have any of these properties. Ah, that's true. So it, 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 but it does kind of make sense because let me ask you this: Do you remember where Tony Stark's um, first, like, where Tony Stark's first appearance was after uh, what? I'm sorry, what after credit scene did Tony Stark's appear in for somebody's movie? Will you remember what movie it was that he? Appeared I don't remember in? what movie, but I know he. Do you remember the scene? I know he appeared in an after credit scene with the Hulk. I remember that. Well, we're not talking about that. Remember. We're talking about an after-credit scene that he appeared in, where he did a Nick Fury, where he came to somebody. And oh, talked you're to them. talking about? Um, yeah, I don't remember that movie either. But I remember that. Oh, so he did make more than one when he saw the uh, what's his name, the general guy from Incredible Hulk. I remember. It was that. an Incredible Hulk movie. What the oh, fuck? Well, how how do was that? I don't. How does he? Wait, you know how, how many he years? To, ag- you know how many years ago? How does he talk to General movies, Ross? But you don't know what the movie. You said General Ross in the Incredible Hulk movie. I'm you like, remember when that movie came out? 
out. I'm like, know, these movies are years okay, ago. Now. But what other Dude, movie was General Ross in other than Civil War? I don't remember that. I like that it's was just two movies. He's a, he's a Hulk character. That means that General Ross can't appear in any other movie other than the Hulk, and, and then movie, later on appearing in, in that Civil movie War. came out in 2008. You're, you're asking me to remember something that was over 10 years ago. What I'm saying is that you literally said what the movie was in your statement of who General Ross was. You said, "Oh, he appeared in that clip with General Ross in the Incredible Hulk movie," and I'm like, "Yeah, that's what I was like. Oh, I didn't remember ding, what ding, mo- ding. I didn't remember, he what, mo- I didn't remember else. what movie it was." You can't but, have. You're not gonna have. Uh, Iron Man 2, where at the end of Iron Man 2, he talks to General Ross about the Hulk. I'm like, that don't make sense. General Ross is sitting in the but bar. But I, did, I didn't remember that Robert Downey Jr. appeared in more than... He actually appreciate. appeared in more than two, because he was also in the after credit scene for uh, Avengers. The first Avengers when they're eating the shawarma. Everybody's in that clip. But I'm like, no, I'm just saying, like, I didn't realize he was in more than one after credit scene. Tony Stark specifically. Correct. So, in having that scene, that was the next scene that he appeared in, which the, the interesting thing I found about this particular clip was that they would make this clip even though they knew that they didn't have these properties. Now, it is amazing in terms of, like, future prediction that at this current moment in time, the only property that the door has been closed on, as we've talked about in other shows, is... Spider-Man, but at for, some for point, now anyway. For now, if we go back, you know, a few weeks, Spider-Man, X-Men, and Universal uh, w- with the Hulk were working nice, you know, nicely with uh, with Marvel. And Universal currently right now is still working with them. Fox has now been purchased by them, and Sony was working with them at some point. So it's kind of nice that he kind of predicted his his clip, his this little clip actually would work if they fast forward it exactly 10 years later because the x-men would have been a part of it even though we didn't see any uh, mutants appear in within any of the mcu movies um you know we did see deadpool we did see you know some of the x-men appear in that one and countless x-men movies that come out if you think about it and then i and then i said even if I said, uh, the cl- I didn't think, uh, look at the clip the way you did. I was thinking, like, if, let's say they did own all the stuff at the time. I thought it, uh, the way they ended it actually gave it a better, a better, in, you know, left a better taste in your mouth because you didn't know much about what he was talking I understand. about. As opposed to literally telling us, like, Batman. Well, he Superman, didn't literally tell us for the simple fact I mean, fact he didn't that, tell like, us, but heard, come on. Every, you heard a bug bite and said Ant-Man. The average, so that didn't, the average comic nerd would have guessed, you know, the uh, Hulk. And, I'm you pretty know, sure they would have did the same thing they did with Thanos when he appeared at Avengers. Oh, snap, that's Rand's call. I'm guaranteed <laughs> I was sitting in the theater when people said that. Like, no, that's not... He's purple. What? How do you think he's Red Skull? But no, he's that's actually Grimace's father from the McDo- the McDonald's character. That's his father. Which and that's also uh, if you check out our Instagram, there have also been some uh, images have have been released from the Marvel Disney Vault uh, of the original um, uh, costumes for Thanos as well. So go definitely go check those out as well. Uh, but this, yeah, I just this thought podcast that is left a heavy toll. So he was—he's a man of the one-liner. That's my Thanos quote. He's a man of the one-liners. Shout out to Thanos and uh, oh, that's right—he got dusted. Sorry about that. For for now, never know. I wonder if they'll ever bring him back. Like it's unnecessary. Movies from now, you know, like I would say maybe two decades. Let let some years pass and let some other villain bring him back. Like yes, master or something. Because right now you can't even like it's just. I would say just leave him be. Endgame ended perfectly for me the way it, I, I felt like, okay, fine. Tony's story ended. Cap's story kind of went to retirement. And then the new age of heroes are coming along. 
let's let's see what they got next. Um, with that said, moving on to uh, some more movie news, we uh, a quick little thing that um, since we were talking about those who have their streaming services and uh, companies like Sony, uh, Paramount has actually done something. Some people are a little bit upset. Uh, so Sony, uh, we reported a little while back that Sony had uh, purchased the rights to a lot of Valiant comic, and they're going to be creating a Valiant cinematic comic universe alongside their Spider-Man uh, cinematic universe as well. Um, not, of course, to be crossed over, but Paramount has actually scooped in and has purchased the comic Harbinger uh, from them, which is one of Valiant's major comics with stars like a ragtag team of uh, heroes, um, very similar to like a Teen Titans meets kind of Suicide Squad. Um, you can definitely check that out. Valiant comics are the sleeper hits, I would say, of the comic book universe. Yeah. Um, but definitely, uh, it's been interesting to see that Paramount would actually take that Take get a little piece of the pie in that way. So it they, seems like they're doing blood work, bloodshot, blood work. Sony is going to be doing bloodshot. Yeah. Bloodshot. So Paramount only has Harbinger, which is just a part of the universe. So it's going to be interesting to see since we were just talking about how Marvel at the time didn't have all of these other companies to work with. Let's see how well Sony works with Paramount just to get Harbinger to work in their let's universe. See, let's see how long before Disney starts buying these other companies. I don't see. <laughs> okay. I don't see them doing. Or do that. you? Or do you think they're like, all right, now nah, let's chill. Well, isn't there this like some law said like you can't become too big of a company, isn't there? Yeah, I forget what they call that. They won't let you become too, too big of a conglomerate or whatever. There, there's, there's been some probably some lax. If you look at what Disney has already purchased, they definitely got some good lawyers that have been uh, sliding between those lines. I'll say, um, but yeah, I, I'll say that I, I think that this is going to be interesting to see two companies. Uh, especially Paramount, who has not been really been in the comic book game, and Sony, who has been in the comic book game before, work together to everybody make wants this a happen. piece of the pie. Everybody want a piece of the action. Everybody want a piece of that pie. So, uh, with that said, we're gonna actually let's see what else we got in movie news, good sir. Uh, we talk about the Suicide Squad. Ooh, the Suicide James, Squad. James Gunn posted a funny caption. Uh, he posted a caption that just gave like a cast list of all of the uh, the actors who are starring in the movie. But uh, I thought the the caption of what he said was the funniest part, which he which he said, "Don't get attached," which I'm like, we could have we could have a whole bunch of different meanings. But I'm like, right, so off, the, right off the back, I was like, does that mean like any of these characters could get fucking killed off? Well, we've learned that from our previous Suicide Squad, not to be confused with the Suicide Squad. I was like, I would always I was I was thinking of uh, Game of Thrones too. Well, that's a, I, I don't get attached. I like. I thought Game of Thrones was the one that had the "don't get attached" freeze. Well, there's a lot of those. There's uh, there's the Game of Thrones. There's also Attack on Titan. There's a lot of those great series oh, that yeah. uh, kill off major characters and make you feel like I, I like that guy. Um, but this news is coming. Uh, what do you What do you think about this new Suicide Squad movie? You You had some interesting thoughts that well, I you know felt me, was kind of weird. I kind of think that what Sony, I mean Sony, Jesus Christ, what DC is putting together over there right now, it does get me excited. I'm excited for Joker, as we talked about Joker a little bit already. But this movie, I think this movie's shaping up to be pretty good because. I feel like uh, James Gunn is moving his chess pieces into place because a lot of the people that he has casted and well, I mean, I don't know if he has anything to do with the casting choices, but it's just a coincidence that a lot of the cast 
has something to do with him or have worked with him in the past. Well, see, that's the thing where it's like, I understand what you mean in terms of like, um, so far from this movie, uh, we don't really know um, from this large cast assortment. Let's just go. We don't know who's going to be who. Yeah, let's go through the actual cast and, and, and say some of the names. Some of these names may sound familiar to you. Uh, David Desmolchin. Uh, uh, David Desmolchin was, uh, he actually played a henchman in The Dark Knight. Yes, uh, I know. He was a little henchman guy that, uh, during what was it, during the scene? This is not his first rodeo with DC, I yeah. understand. Uh, we got Nathan Fillion. Oh, you uh, forgot about John Cena. You just skipped John Cena. I was going Cena. down instead of across. Uh, Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Is there anything to be said Nathan about him? Fillion, he's just Nathan Fillion. Uh, he's famous for being a Firefly and a bunch of little indie shows that, that had like a large little cult base. He made a cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy. As so a I'm assuming that's like uh, maybe his connection to how he might have got in this. Maybe he knew James Gunn or whatever. You gotta know somebody if you're gonna be in their movie. I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, of course. I mean, maybe, maybe like you don't. We don't necessarily know that James Gunn was the one that got him in Guardians. I'm just saying. But he had to meet the director. Yes. Yeah, so that means let, let's just say it like it is. He worked with James Gunn before. He, he worked one of with the him before. You were talking so, about. I, so I don't know if necessarily. No, no, he wasn't one of the ones I was talking about. But I'm just saying necessarily. As a person who's worked, you literally said somebody who worked with him before. No, no, no. Like, I was thinking like like Michael Rooker. Like Michael Rooker. I wonder is, what movie Michael Rooker like, was. Michael Rooker was cast in this movie, but he's worked with James Gunn for a long time, going all the way back to Slither. Correct. That's what I was thinking. Like he's done Slither and a bunch of other movies. Uh, so Taka Waititi is also in this movie, in, this movie. In, in an unknown. All of the roles of this movie, except for Margot Robbie, uh, Idris Elba, and um, the guy who plays Randall Flagg in uh, Captain and uh, Captain Boomerang. And, uh, what's his name? Jock Jock Courtney. Yeah, he yeah. he's coming back as Boomerang. These are, so it's the lady that played, Davis, is yes. the lady that played Katana coming back? I don't know. If the I only people who currently cast. are on it says here uh, Viola Davis as Amanda Waller, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang, and Joe Kinnaman as Rick Flag. Those are the only people that are currently been listed in terms of their their characters. Now, without even seeing this movie, they haven't even gone into production yet. The only thing that I do know, and I just know this from movies that James Gunn directs. I'm pretty sure that what lacked in the first... Well, one of the things that was a flaw for the original uh, Suicide Squad movie was, like, I think the screen time and action with each character. I definitely think that he's going to put a be, you know, do a better job of highlighting and giving screen time to each single character. Like, Boomerang, in the, you know, had a lot of shine in the trailer, but when you saw the movie, you know, didn't really have much going on at all. Well, I agree. I think that there's definitely... And um, several other characters, but I just single him out. There's plenty of characters for them to dive into. Like, just from this, um, you know, casting alone, there's like... Uh, what do we got? That was Takawatiti, Daniela Melchor, uh, Viola Davis, Idris Elba, Margot Robbie, uh, obviously Michael Rooker, um, Pete Davidson. From Pete, SNL, SNL, which yeah. I'm like, Storm is going to be like a side character? Oh, Storm Reed, by the way, which is the little girl with the glasses from Wrinkle in Time. I know her. Yep. She was actually my choice when I was thinking that maybe one day they'd make a live-action Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. She was actually my choice for... Uh, That's an interesting choice. I think she could work a little bit. She's, yeah, I said... If we, if we want to be technical, she's not exactly the correct shade. 
Oh I'm yeah. Proud, but okay, <laughs> I you know what? I, I get. I'm okay with that. I'm I'm willing to be okay. She's African American. Yeah. Doesn't matter what she ate. Oh yeah. You also got. Uh, I think you might have said Sean Gunn, which is James Gunn's brother. Correct. He stays employed thanks to his older brother. He also played a, a, a pivotal uh, part that I don't think a lot of people know. He's played two characters in Guardians of the Galaxy. Let me see if you know what, what two characters he's played. Two characters? I don't know. Well, Lee named at least. Named I know one. he was the uh, the little side guy, one of the little side henchmen of uh, Michael Rooker's character. The Ravengers, yes. Yeah. And he also did the mocap for Rocket Raccoon. Oh, really? Oh, yes. I didn't know that. Bradley oh, Cooper you was might the have voice. told me and I forgot. Yeah, Bradley Cooper was the voice and Sean Gunn was doing the mocap. So oh, that's awesome. whenever they were on set, it was, was a little Sean Bradley Gunn. Bradley Cooper not available to do the mocap? Or did he was just like, I'll do the voice, but I'm not doing the fucking mocap. <laughs> Imagine. I I, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he didn't the, say that. but I'm what the reasoning was behind it, but yeah. Now, there's another person here, Mei Ling uh, Ning. Uh, I don't think that's Katana. Now, here, here's something interesting about her. I, I did a little did a little research on her. She actually uh, played in the Wonder Woman movie. So she's already in the DC Universe as one of the Amazons. But uh, Ooh, let, let, me, let me put up my glasses for a second. Doing a little other nerdy digging, her character in the Wonder Woman movie was a character named Orana. And then I, I found out that Orana was a redhead Amazon who challenged and defeated Princess Diana for the title of Wonder Woman in Wonder Woman Comics in issue 250 back in 1978. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. And Orana adopted the self-imposed title as yeah, a new Wonder Woman, Wikipedia. as the new Wonder Woman, <laughs> and departed Paradise Island for New York. So, storyline that could happen potentially in maybe one of the movies. I don't know. That'd be cool. But that's just like a little tidbit of info that I found out. I guess, yeah, that could be something interesting to happen. But I don't yeah, see she them. already had a connection with DC, so that's probably how she got a part of this franchise. Well, yeah, that's an important thing to know. Is like there's several different people who have. Well, you just think about it in terms of Hollywood in general. If you already have some type of connection with someone and they like working with you, pretty sure Taka Waititi and 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 uh, James Gunn have worked together before. Yeah. Uh, so I forget where, but. Uh, yeah, I think they worked know. together it before, this, too. It was this small budget movie called uh, <laughs> Infinity War. Yeah, you know, that's like... Or, uh, Did they work together? Oh, yes. that's right, that's right. Because they worked together on there because they were all... All of the different writers were writing that's their scenes right. and, like, creating, like, ways for their character to interact. So gotcha. I'm pretty sure people from Camp Marvel were, you know, n- uh, knew one another and actually interacted with one another. Margot Robbie, of course, is returning, as we said, as um, Harley Quinn. Uh, you got uh, Tanache uh, Kajis. What do you What do you have on her? You got some her? Uh, I believe I didn't find anything on her. I think she's just a new actress. Excellent, Jennifer Holland. Jennifer Holland. Did I look up her. I didn't look up her. Okay. I think I stopped after a while. And Joaquin Cozio. Uh, Joaquin Cozio. Oh, Joaquin Cozio. Uh, actually, was in the stream. I, I found he played. Uh, if you remember. There was a storyline with a guy who was a Mexican wrestler called mm-hmm. the the Silver Angel. That guy. He's also going to be in the new Rambo movie. I saw. That's cool. Uh, yeah, he's. I don't know what character he's playing, but yeah, he's he's a part of this. Very good. Um, let's see. I think that is everyone that we've named yes. here. Julio yeah, Rod- uh, Ruiz. 
Julio, Julio Ruiz. Did you look him, look up? him up? Nah, I didn't look him up. Okay. All right. So we got a large cast list here where we have one, two, three, four, five, six. Twenty-four people have been announced for the cast. Maybe that's why he said don't get attached. Maybe half these people are going to get killed. <laughs> Just saying. Twenty-four people in this cast, and you telling me, oh, he's going to have a uh, moment where he's going to have all of these people interact with one another, but also have storylines with every single one of them. Let's just face it. This is going to narrow down really quickly to a main Suicide Squad. Oh, the yeah. rest of these guys are just going to be side characters and people who appear in the movie. Nathan Fillion is very good at making appearances in places and not being such a major character. But he's also very you inspiring. Know, he does also awesome. have, like, I don't know, that on-screen presence that leaves a lasting impression. I agree. Kevin I agree. Smith actually thought, mate, what if he was Batman? Like, that'd be... That'd be uh, unexpected and awesome, but you know. Any, yeah, I would definitely uh, cast him as a Bruce Wayne type. Um, but again, we don't know. Now, the interesting thing about this is, again, we're making this is actually the first. We can't count the Joker because uh, the Joker at this current time, at this moment in time, we have yet to see the movie. But uh, what I will say is that. We don't know if the Joker, and we have very little doubts that the Joker is going to be connected to any other cinematic universe whatsoever. But this seems to be the only movie so far that is a reboot of one of the original cinematic universes. So it's to be interesting to see. Like um, Wonder Woman is moving forward with a sequel, 1984, Wonder Woman 84. Doesn't it seem like Harley Quinn is the only character that, even though they say everything's not connected, is still kind of connected to more than one movie? (laughs) Well, in essence, she's she. I will call her what I believe her to be within the comics, and I believe her to be uh, for DC at this current turn time a female Deadpool. She doesn't have the regenerative yeah. properties, but she does have the the it factor, the fan base, the the cosplay, yeah, and Margot all of the, like, did do a good job you know, in the first one. She does. Margot Robbie did a really good job, but the character in general is really crossing over and really sticking with people as a character that fans just fall in love with and are sticking with. And is the kind of person that you know will break a fourth wall or say whatever the hell they want and do whatever the hell they want. She wants to bash you in the head with a mallet, she'll do it. You know, it's, but at the same time, she has a heart, just like Deadpool. So, uh, looking forward to this movie. Uh, lo- a huge cast coming up. Uh, coming up on um, our social medias, we will start to do a little bit of fan casting. Um, so, if you have some ideas for who you can go. And uh, cast for these characters uh, that are already not are, uh, that have not been announced. Um, you can go ahead onto one of our, our twitters, which is what's our Twitter, sir? Our Twitter is Ron Mar Podcast and uh, Ronnie uh, Markel Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our Tumblr as well. And go on there. We have an article on there that you can post on. We'd love to see what your fan casting is. And if we love your fan casting uh, so much, we will mention it on our next episode, and we'll mention uh, you as well. I'll give you a shout out. Give you a quick shout out. Little fifteen second of fame. Uh, but with that said, moving on to our next segment in the show. Uh, you we, go, let's go with you comic, book go. Recommendations. comic book recommendations. You want to go first or you want me to go? No, I'll let you go first. <clears throat> let me get the, vi- the vocals. <clears throat> me, 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 me. So I had the pleasure of reading a great, great book called You Are, wait, you are Obsolete. I almost forgot the name of the title. So get us a synopsis, sir, and then give us your thoughts. Let's see. You are obsolete. Uh, we enter the... Let's see. First and foremost, this book 
was published by, I believe it is Aftershock Comics? Yeah, Aftershock Comics. Okay, so so this book, uh, <clears throat> let me get my movie voice going. So a disgraced journalist is called to cover a mysterious story on an isolated European island. As she investigates, she discovers the children have taken control and are somehow killing off adults by their 40th birthday. Hmm, 40. Now, she must discover the truth behind the killings while staying on the good side of the children's harshest leader, or she's next. Your Obsolete is a spine-tingling thriller that evokes the eerie naturalism of 1970s horror with a modern, deadly digital twist. Now, first and foremost, I thought this book was awesome and amazing. I actually liked it just based off the cover. The cover had like a creepy little girl holding a cell phone, staring creepily. Like at this, at like breaking the fourth wall, looking at us, and I'm like, "What the hell is this book about?" So the book is written by a guy named Matthew Clickstein, um, and it is uh, drawn by a guy, and I'm gonna probably murder this name, Eva Eva Bornyokov. And I'm sorry, Mr. Yoko, for murdering your Kick name. Kick his ass if you see him <laughs> in the street. But for me, I think I sum this book up as uh, if you've ever seen the movie Children of the Corn. It's like Children of the Corn meets uh, Jordan Peele's Get Out with a digital twist. Like, I thought the movie was awesome. Like, uh, this woman uh, named Layla Walton, she goes to this island. Uh, she's been brought there and hired by what she thought was some people and she learns that it was a group of children and then she gets to this island and for some strange reason everyone around her that she encounters from the cab driver to the innkeeper of the hotel she's staying at is terrified of these kids and they have like this every character has this smug weird looking like smiley grin on their face and tears in their eyes and they're talking very highly about these children and you're like what the hell's going on with these kids like that's that's like the mystery of the book that keeps it going forward and drives you into reading the story and I'm not going to spoil it too much, but definitely, definitely you want to check out this book. It's called You Are Absolute by Aftershock Comics, and that is my recommendation. I gave this book definitely a 9 out of 10. Awesome, awesome. And um, thank you so much for that, good sir. Uh, that Who is that published by? Uh, Aftershock. Aftershock Comics. Aftershock Comics. Aftershock Comics is also responsible for... There's another series with animals uh, being sentient and taking over the world, and it has a little girl. I can't remember the name of it. Maybe Sounds it creepy as well. But um, it's not a creepy series. It's more along the lines of like, hey, like animals have figured out how to become um, human. I, I know, Planet I know of, that Planet of the Apes, kind like, of like similar that, to similar that. to Planet of the Apes, except for it's just Planet of the Animals, and like uh, uh, humans are the creatures that are becoming extinct. Um, the comic will come back to me, but my recommendation for the week uh, is coming from Image Comics, which I actually read uh, volume one of Oblivion Song, which is by none other than The Walking Dead's own oh, Robert you were Kirkman. Telling me about that. Uh, it is uh, done with lovely artwork by Lorenzo De Felici, um, which this guy has just done so many different things for Image as well as his own uh, comics as well. Uh, to give you a quick synopsis of the series itself, it is a supernatural science fiction story that chronicles Nathan Cole, a man who seeks, who makes daily trips to try and rescue those still living in the apocalyptic hellscape of oblivion, a part of Philadelphia lost a decade ago with over 300,000 of its citizens. Um, so it was, uh, his book came out in 2008, it's still pretty new. Um, 2018 you mean. 
I'm sorry, 2018. Uh, that, still was, that was Iron Man, 2008. Yeah, 2008 was <laughs> Iron Man. Um, it is uh, on its second volume, which I will be picking up. Uh, it came out this year in May. Uh, I just picked up the first volume because I was very interested in checking out this series. Uh, very, very interesting uh, post-apocalyptic story. Uh, I found the artwork to be awesome. Uh, so definitely pick this one up. This is my comic book recommendation of the week. I give this uh, um, book a solid 8 out of 10 uh, for its awesome colors and a very surprising uh, reveal at the end of Volume 1. So definitely check it out. There was some talk of it being bought as a or being made into a movie. I don't know if that's correct, still, still moving forward. In 2019, it has been revealed that Universal and Skybound Entertainment will produce an Oblivion movie with Sean O'Keefe writing the script. That's the only details so far we have on Oblivion Song, uh, but I definitely see this series becoming a... Uh, a, a live action it's very 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 simple i'm it's gonna have tons of cgi because the monsters are literally just these weird shaped creatures that just have claws and sharp fangs and they kill a lot of people and a lot of people die as well as since it's like the walking dead of course it's got to be a post-apocalyptic and some of the most dangerous people in the series are humans so oh, yeah. yeah you have well, to really think no that, that tells me if you don't have number one to this comic you need to run out and get it <laughs> it's too late at this point i if you go to a store a comic book store right now i can guarantee you finding issues one through nine are probably going to be hard to find because the first actually if you're just looking to read the first couple series they're currently so i believe well on issue 15 because i know volume one and volume two cover from one to one through six and seven through twelve um, so definitely check those out and check this series out. It's definitely my recommendation for the week. Uh, and that's all we got for comics. Uh, I had a little bit of uh, anime news. Moving on to our anime, anime! segment. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know. Uh, that's an interesting... <laughs> anime! Dun, dun, dun. That's an interesting segment you have there. Um, anime news. This was something that came out in the news a little bit earlier today. Um, for the first time in 22 years... Uh, a little guy that you know, who is, uh, you might have grown up with him, maybe he's uh, somebody that's new to you, but his name is none Danny other than... Danny DeVito. Not Danny DeVito. You said a little guy. No, no, he's, Sorry, he's a little Mr. guy. Sorry, DeVito, love you, but you are a little guy. He's, uh, at, after 22 years, finally, Ash Ketchum has won a championship in a league battle. So, if anyone, I know that there, uh, when this first came out, there were some people who debated it and said, oh, well, he won in Orange Island. That was not an official league battle. Um, so, this is an official league uh, battle, and he has become a Pokemon so they master. Gave him, so, it was a technicality on some bullshit the last time. Ash was like, this is some bullshit, Pikachu. No, no, he won it, but it wasn't, a, it was like winning... Winning the the championship in the minor leagues, uh, so it was nice, but it wasn't the so Pokemon this one's the Master type of thing. Now. This is major leagues. Uh, he won. He's he's been in the top for many many series. I have the series here. Um, if we look at let's see, going back to the very early point, he was in Kanto, which he ranked in the top sixteen. In Johto, he ranked in the top eight. In uh, Hoenn, he ranked in the top eight again. And Sino, he raked in top four. Uh, dropped back down to the top eight in Unova. Um, in Kalos, he was the runner-up, which is basically like second place, uh, which is... First loser. Basically the first loser, <laughs> yeah. And then finally, in Alola, where 
you know what's funny about this? If you look at uh, the transition of him, especially as a uh, a character, but in terms of drawing, like the art style has you know changed. He's actually grown a mustache. It took him so long to uh, win. I was gonna say, why doesn't so. he put this shit away and get a real job? I say, why doesn't he put this shit away and get a real job? Like, whoa, 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 whoa. hold on a second. He's asked Ketchum. This is a real job. He wants to be the very best, like no one ever was. To catch what them is his real test. He, here's here's the thing for you. What if, what if all of these Pokemon things never existed, and this is all in Ash's head, and he's actually a cashier at Walmart? It's a very sad <laughs> life that you just painted for him. So thank you. The next time you see Ronnie out in and public, he, I want you to kick him in the shin and really like, hard. And Ash is on his lunch break, like, do you see that Pikachu? And his coworkers are looking like. This is sad. Someone needs to put this guy in an asylum. It's a sad but uh, but true story at this point. But uh, what I will say is that I'm very happy for Ash Ketchum. Congratulations for finally becoming a Pokemon master. And now for the next challenge, which is the next video game at this point. Uh, so whatever comes up next, we're very Fire happy. Fire and ice or glass and water uh, Right now they're on Sword and Shield. Oh, see? I knew it sword was going to be something named The next like one's going to be peanut butter and jelly. I'm, I'm not making fun. I know these games are awesome. But Again, uh, next time you see Ronnie, kick him in the chin <laughs> really, really hard. Uh, because I love Pokemon, I'm a big fan of it, been keeping track of it, got a lot of the toys. Uh, haven't been really much of a player in many, many years just because, uh, hey, I've just kind of had some other things going on. But I would love to get back into it because he grew a up. Lot of he grew up things. and got a job at Walmart, guys, as a cash. I never worked at Walmart, <laughs> just ever. Just kidding. Shameless anyway. plug for Walmart. Same with Flug for Walmart. Um, you should probably get some better customer service. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Get some aloe for that sick burn, Is this Walmart? the episode where we're going to unveil our new segment? Ooh. We're going to uh, do our new segment? We will round the show up with our new segment. Okay. Uh, we have a yeah, very... We can, we, can, we can... Let's save it for the end. Well, yeah, we're coming around to the end, good sir. All right. So, what do you, what do you want to? We have a very new a new segment that we'd like to continue beyond the podcast. We want to bring this into your YouTubes and onto your Instagrams as well. Uh, we call this "Just Imagine If." Just imagine if. Dun, 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 just imagine. Don't worry, I will have better. Yeah, well, we may even come up with a better name, but that's what we got. So just, for just imagine this this week, and I was just thinking of this last night, and this comes from a very old original movie called Child's Play. Not the crappy new one they made, but the old original one. But I was thinking, what if you... for Wait, was the new one called Child's Play? Was it? Yeah, it was still called Child's oh, Play. Okay. But if, you, if you've seen Child's Play, and the, the original, and if you haven't, I'm going to spoil the hell out of it. So, like, what if this movie would have been... Well, it's not really well, let's tell the people, for the people who may not know Chucky, what, what, what was the, the so gist? You don't, you don't you have to get a synopsis. Just give your, give your synopsis. Uh, okay, so Child's Play was a movie about uh, a, 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 a mom who... Well, no, let me start with the, the killer. So Charles Lee Ray was a, a, a serial killer who got killed in a toy store and transferred his soul, uh, because he knew voodoo, into a doll. And this doll happened to be the hottest toy item at the time, which was called the Good Guy Dolls, I believe. And just so happens that it was the hottest toy that Andy Barkley uh, was looking for, and his mom couldn't afford this doll, but from a friend, who I guess you would want to punch this friend in the face, a friend found out that there was like a back alley guy who had one of these dolls that he was selling, 
and they buy this doll from him but little did they know this was the same doll that this serial killer charles lee ray transferred his soul into so at some point in the movie the doll tries to transport his soul into this little boy which was a scary ass concept and and went on to become an iconic franchise with uh chucky charles lee ray becoming one of the most iconic characters in horror history i think correct created by down mancina so you know in the original he gets defeated in the end and they you know they stop him from putting his soul into the little boy but with our new segment as we call just imagine if i wonder what would have happened if charles lee ray aka chucky would have been successful with putting his soul transferring his soul into andy barkley would he have went on and grew up again from a little i forget how old he was six years old five years old or whatever in the original but anyway, mm-hmm. if would he have gone forward, growing up with his mom as Charles Lee Ray and murdering people on the side when his mom's not paying attention? Or what do you think would have happened if he would have been successful in this series and they didn't defeat Chucky in the end? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, the first thing I was thinking to myself is that this needs to probably be a comic book or something. Because uh, <laughs> uh, it sounds to me like... It's a it's a nice take on a uh, story that a lot of us already know. Uh, in terms of if you know the Chucky character, you know that he started out trying to put his soul in and continued to chase Andy for a very long time. What you three movies? Look at it from a dirty standpoint, he tried to put himself into a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> this grown man tried to put himself inside of a little boy. You're like that what? Is- like if you were talking, telling somebody that synopsis on the street, like yeah, some some guy tried to put himself into a little boy. You'd like, what like, are you trying oh to put into this little boy? Oh, it's so, it's so, it's so. That sounds terrible. It still <laughs> sounds terrible. Um, but taking that, I would think that that would be a very interesting take. Uh, the only way that I could see that working as a continuous franchise where it moves on to being other series beyond that would probably be is if A, it was a television show, or B, if it was somebody else that was alive that had to be the one that knew the truth. That person had that w- person would have had to be because again you have to have a protagonist and antagonist. There has to be somebody that is looking for him. But if he just got his soul in there, game over, man. He, he just, just he won. That's got his soul it. Like, in there, and he was walking around town like walking around doing the crotch dancing like Spider Man. So would he have just been like a foul mouth little boy? Very possible at this point. I think he could have easily. I you know what it is is that. It would have been interesting, too, to see a segment of... In a way, it kind of seems like it turns into a comedy because now you have a grown man now into a small person, like a like a kid's body. So when somebody says, like, you know, they look at Andy and go, hey, Andy, how you doing? He's a grown man looking at the, the teachers. Man, look at that ass. Like, <laughs> yeah. what? Like, hold on like, a yeah, second. what do you do Wait when... A uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. Teach? Can I talk to you after class about that ass? I mean, like, about my homework. Exactly. Like, so it becomes a whole new thing in, in, in that. But uh, that is uh, one of our just imagine if segments. Uh, it, the rules of the just imagine if. If you want to come up with some for um, any of our social media channels and uh, share your ideas with us, uh, the rules of it is simply put: uh, if you are going to create a imagine if. Something has to already happen. So something had to already go from one point to another, which is like 
it can't be something that um, you know has never happened and you're creating a scenario because that's totally yeah. different. That's a fantasy. Yeah, it's got to be like this a movie is, or a TV show that has already occurred. Correct. This is a, a alternate. It's almost like you know, again, if you want to go, let's say, let's say what if what if say, Iron Man didn't die? Yeah, you know, and Captain America died. You know, or or uh, my my one that I want to put out there for you guys to answer online. Uh, I'm gonna go switching right over into anime. One of my favorite animes right now is My Hero Academia. Uh, I will go ahead and say if you know that show, you'll know how to. You may find how answering this question to be interesting. But my question is very uh, simple, which is: Just imagine if, or what if, All Might passed on uh, one for all onto some other kid from class 1a only class 1a because there's a lot of kids in this show so only class 1a if he didn't choose midoriya uh and he chose someone else who do you think he should have chose and why uh so go ahead and leave your comments online uh we will go ahead and make a post on our instagram and we're happy to uh report all of the answers that we get right here on the show on this segment right here called just imagine if uh, so with that said, we're going to go on uh, to our last and final segment here, uh, which is going to be in WWE news this week. Wrestling. Wrestling news. A little bit uh, about so wrestling. as we speak right now, uh, we're recording the show. Clash of Champions is actually going on. Uh, but we wanted to bring you back, take you back to uh, this past week, uh, which was looking at uh, Stone Code's appearance on Run AI Raw and Undertaker's appearance on uh, SmackDown. So on a scale of 1 to 10, give me your rating for the show. Give me a hell yeah. <laughs> give me a hell yeah if you think Stone Cold coming back on Raw was good. Now, Stone Cold coming back on Raw, it's always good to see you know the guys we grew up watching and idolizing. So I'd have to say Stone Cold's return, I probably gave it like a 7 out of 10. I liked it. It was typical Stone Cold. Throwing beers, we got to see him stun AJ Styles. I thought it was pretty decent. I but think that was very interesting because I would have loved to see, um, I would have loved to see that match if we would have still had Stone Cold, you know, somewhere down the line, or if AJ Styles would have shown up. Imagine that's another. Just imagine if, just imagine if, uh, some of the character, some of the characters that appeared later on in the New Age would have appeared back in the Attitude Era. Oh, man. So that's another one for you guys. If you if there is if you're a wrestling fan and you could imagine someone from the new era like Seth Rollins or Randy fighting uh, maybe like the old older school or the last generation. Yeah, well, like coming Coco into that, beware or somebody from the past. Ultimate Take them Warrior. out of one sec out of one era and put them into another. You could have like see. Ultimate Warrior versus Braun Strowman type of stuff. It's essentially that, but at the same time, it's like could could any of these guys you see fitting right in with the era, but. Um, Man, that's a toughie because like some of these guys paved the way for the errors that we have. Correct. That's why. <laughs> so, yeah, that's like, why I was only sticking mm, with the the, the main the the current roster being picked picked out oh, okay. and then dropped into the attitude era because it's only okay, one generation okay. back. You, okay, so if you were going back to mm-hmm. the past, not back to the future, uh. <laughs> so it's going from the present and then going back into the past. Not that Roman Reigns. We got to go back to 1985. It's <laughs> like why? Did, because your kids, they grow up to be assholes. <laughs> I don't know. Pretty much. Uh, but 
so your thoughts on Stone Cold's return? I, I like Stone Cold's return. I gave it. I gave it seven out of ten. I liked it. Seven out of ten. Jesus. Yeah, Only thing. Well, here's from a terrible standpoint, and I said this to you and Queen of the Universe and uh, Part Time Eric. I thought that it would have been hilarious if, like, after Stone Cold, you know, he did the he did the contract signing. Seth Rollins, everybody left the ring. Seth Rollins, everybody left the ring. If Bray Wyatt would have showed up in his new persona, and he would have beat up Stone Cold Steve Austin. I know some people out there would be like, "Oh man, that's horrible," but I thought that would have been like impactful that we need, you know? Wow. Uh, as as we're sitting here right now, um, we are going through some of the. Uh, exciting things that are happening at Clash of Champions, and we can actually report on some of them. As you, when you listen to this episode, Clash of Happens, Clash of Champions would have already happened, so we can actually report on some of this stuff. So so far, we've had both tag team titles change hands. Ooh. The revival has now taken back the tag team championship, which totally sucks because I'm going to meet the, the revival. New day. Kind of. They keep trying to play fetch with the revival, but the revival kind of sucks. I'm just gonna call it like it is. Uh, yeah, they do. There's nothing like memorable or exciting about them. Bailey has retained her uh, women's champion. I think I predicted that one. I said that Bailey was gonna. She's gonna retain against Charlotte Flair. So yes, now, now I feel like people still aren't gonna give Bailey credit because Bailey has a lot of haters. Let's just oh, put it that actually. Way. Um, uh, yeah, uh, um, AJ Styles has also retained his title. Oh, what do you know? Just like the poster? <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, you have uh, Dolph Ziggler and uh, Bobby Roode, who is not related to the Roode from the past. That you thought of. That we thought of, but uh, he is a new tag team champion, along with uh, Dolph Ziggler, uh, or Heel Ziggler, as he likes to be I called. I just need Baron Corbin to become King of the Ring. That's that's all I wanted from that paper. And if you care, uh, Drew uh, Gullick is still the Cruiserweight Champion. No, no one cares. So, so far, so good. Class of Champions has kicked off with, uh, let's see, one, two, three people retaining, and then two titles changing hands, which have been the tag team titles. Uh, so, that's our report from Clash of Champions as it happens right now. Uh, but going into the Undertaker segment, I was not a big fan of... I, I understood what he came out there to do, which is like, hey, I'm back. You know, I'm nothing. I didn't learn anything from that except to me. He got, you know what I learned from that? He has a lot of history at Madison Square Garden. That's all well, I learned from the Undertaker. That's what he player. said. But also, there's something important in his speech that he made on SmackDown this week, uh, which was really important. He actually mentioned the fact that, you know, he kind of wanted people to give the new era. A try, uh, you know, like give them the same kind of respect that like he earned, but also make them earn their your respect as well. So well, it's kind of a message then, to the people and, in the back and, they, and the audience. But themselves. then they interrupted that with Sami Zayn, who <laughs> let me just say right here, Sami Zayn is a great wrestler that they never use. They literally use this guy to shit on all the time. So what makes him a great? I, 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 if you t- and I'm and I'm going back to his career starting in NXT. You haven't. You know why you asked that question? Because you've never seen him get a chance to do anything great since he's been on the main roster. Since he's been on the main roster, he's been a sidekick. And he's been a guy who gets on the mic and runs his mouth and gets beat up. But that's not the Sami Zayn I know. When he was in NXT, he actually got to fight. 
and he was a pretty good wrestler. And I'm like, man, this guy so has a lot of potential that they never use. What you're looking for is for them to give him a shot, and you think that he's going to be able to take the reins and run with it? You think well, so? Well, not even that. They just don't, like, since he's been on the main roster, all he has done, he's been Kevin Owens' sidekick, and now he's Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, no, sidekick. he had a singles, singles kind he, of he did thing not for a long time not for a very long time because now also let's let's face facts because i think a lot of fans sometimes mm-hmm. forget this he has had some injuries as well too that has derailed some of his uh singles competition and single storylines so who knows when some people get sometimes some people get written out of storylines due to injuries that they can't control they're out here working hard um, i mean i get it he's still working it would just be nice to see like like what you're doing with rowan I'm not, I'm not saying he's 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 still working. I'm not not that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying their actual injuries have pushed it and enforced the hand of writers to not write major storylines for him because you can't write a major storyline for somebody that you can't count on. I, I get it. So but I mean that's unpredictable. But I'm just saying. Hey, oh, the guy you, know, you know how you you stop that? And this is just my. I'm gonna get on my soapbox for a second. You know how you stop that shit, Vince McMahon? How about you stop burning these guys out? You got guys that you don't see on TV, but they were fighting in dark matches Boy, like, all like around I'm saying, the world. Like if you got uh, Sami Zayn getting choke slammed through tables and getting choke slammed by the Undertaker every week, oh man, did, man, did he get injured? Oh man, I yeah. guess I can't have a major storyline if you're shitting on this guy all the time. All this time, you and then you put him in situations where they get like, injured. What was the point of him coming out there? In general, to get choke slam, to get choke slam, like that's what I mean. That's literally what Sami Zayn is. Like Sami Zayn's essentially just a guy that makes other people look good. That's what now, type here's, of wrestling. Here's a little something I think we could also uh, do as well within the WWE segment. Here, we could also do. Let's do a little bit of rebooking. I'm gonna go ahead and, and call it that. Let's do. Let's do some rebooking here. So let's go back, fast forward. Let's rebook since we we don't like that segment with Sami Zayn. How would you rebook Undertaker showing up to SmackDown at Madison Square Garden? Rebook that for me. Go for it. Well, I would have just... If he just came out there to make that speech, I would have just had him make that speech uninterrupted. Like when Roman Reigns made the speech about the Make-A-Wish kids about cancer and Connors. Like, they weren't going to interrupt that, of course. Like, I would just had him make that speech, and then doom, and then that's it. He goes off to the sunset. Okay. That's it. That I, is right. And, and then I would get in a time machine, and I would go back... To when Kevin Owens won the Universal title when Triple H helped him beat. And Sami Zayn would have been his opponent after that. He would have been in an actual real story. I'm not talking about rebooking from that standpoint. I'm talking about rebooking that segment right there. Oh, but yeah. Sami Zayn wouldn't have been in that segment. He would have been in an actual relevant storyline. So my rebooking for that is is similar to yours, which is I don't think Sami Zayn should have come out there. What I would have done is I would have brought somebody out there and, hey, maybe I would have, instead of using, paying Undertaker all that money to show up to say hello to the fans and tell them all of the stuff that we already knew, which is you had a lot of great matches here and you're a legend and a phenom, maybe somebody coming out there, if you're going to make a speech to me about the new era and you want me to try the new era, then somebody in the back needs to come out there and try to challenge the old era or, and fight with the new era. Or if you wanted to say, all right, you know, give these new guys a chance, 
I would have had Sami Zayn attack the Undertaker before he even got to the ring. I don't think that. Or, I, or I, even or even after, like he could have came first, out there. Again, and, I would have you know. kept Sami Zayn out of this. I mean, I would have came. I'm just saying, like if you wanted to actually use Sami Zayn for good, you could have done the same storyline they had with Dolph Ziggler. But Dolph Ziggler was talking about Shawn Michaels and all the has-beens. You no. could have used him in that light if you were going to use him and use that opportunity to push him because the Undertaker doesn't need pushing. I personally you don't know? feel like Sami Zayn is a person that should ever be standing in the same ring as The Undertaker. So but that, will, do you feel that way because he's never... Like, when have you ever had seen Sami Zayn? Even Sammy, from NXT. You, as long as you've seen Sami Zayn, especially on the main roster, what have you ever seen him get like, oh man, he got the one-up on that? Never. He's always the... He's either the side guy or he's the guy that gets beat up. He was the guy that got beat up. He was kind of, if I think about him, he was kind of Cedric Alexander, but Cedric Alexander is, is actually getting a little bit more opportunities. That's who he was. He's essentially <laughs> what Cedric Alexander is right now. Now, or Ricochet. Uh, well, the way I would have booked that is I probably would have utilized somebody who could actually, I would have put Undertaker in a fucking match. I paid all this money for yeah. to see him in Madison Square Garden to show up once or twice a year, at least when he shows up. The last time he showed up to Madison Square Garden, which wasn't a Raw SmackDown, it was just a like live show, he fought in a match where he fought, where he had Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins on his team. A lot of people don't remember that, but he fought. Yeah, that so anytime been, that he shows better, up, better, that's a better way for me to book it. I just wouldn't like, have Sami Zayn a part of this at all. Yeah, Maybe, like, hey, how about that. Drew McIntyre versus Undertaker? Uh, that doesn't seem like it. I haven't it's actually a, seen Drew McIntyre in a while, so I don't know if he's on break or injured. I, I don't, or, I'm not sure, but what I will say, well, we have seen him recently because he was just one of the people in the King of the Ring tournament. Oh, yeah, he yeah, was in, like, the one of the first matches. Yeah, he was in, like, the first match. But we haven't seen him since that, since Correct. his loss. He probably agreed to do that stupid tournament and then went on to uh, go have a break. He's on the phone with AEW, like, hey, uh, hey, hold up a minute. Hey, Vince, how's it going? Nah, <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. I nah, think they're locking good. them into long-term contracts, so they can't go anywhere. Like, yeah, hey. hey. Like, okay, uh, Drew, I know your normal contract's uh, eight months, uh, so say we'll do that for the next three years? Like, what? Hey, oh, okay, yeah, and you just signed right there? Like, after you signed already? Like, oh, I didn't say three years? Like For I mean, this yeah. guy to leave and then return, like, he didn't leave on, like, he left... I think. Well, no, he got released, didn't he? Uh, when he was I think when, at one point, he got, on, released, he got released, and then he, then he came back on his own accord. Like they got him to come back, and then, yeah. they, and then he was on NXT. He did really well over there, and then they brought him back to the main roster. Correct. He's yeah. always kind of had the same persona a little bit. They just yeah. made him more of an aggressive bad guy. Is what he's done he's also that. pushing the Scottish thing pretty hard. He's a Scottish psycho. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's how I would have rebooked that. Uh, same thing with um, some predictions that I, I had for uh, Clash of Champions, which is happening right now. Um, I hope, and I'll go ahead and make this prediction. I hope that the since now we don't have Bray, uh, Bray, not his name Bray Wyatt. I'm sorry. Now that we don't have Braun Strowman, who used to be with Bray Wyatt, uh, tied to Seth Rollins with the tag team titles. Now, the Munster Among Men can actually release all his transgressions on Seth Rollins and hopefully become the Universal Champion. Yeah, but I don't it think would that's... be great, but they're not going to do that because they just, for some reason, hate Braun Strowman. I, well, don't, I don't understand. To me, I feel like if they decided to do it now, let's let's imagine that for a second. Wh- who, who is... Let's take Bobby Lashley off the table. But who is his next opponent if he does uh, win this title tonight? 
Probably Seth Rollins in a rematch. You don't get rematches in this day and age. Oh, come on. Yes, yeah, that's what they say. But that's, I feel like in the next page, somehow, Shane McMahon or some or 78 man or someone will show up and be like, I allow it. And then we got so WWE loves milk and stuff. I will so. go ahead and I'll book that for you. Here's what I would do. I would let King Corbin win tonight, which is on Raw. I'd let Braun Strowman win. And because he's King Corbin, I would let him... Because most times, like, if you you win if, that... If he did win, I wouldn't want his title match to be that soon. I'd want it to be, like, further towards the end of the year or whatever. I want, so, him I'd, winning King in the Ring... I'd actually like Corbin gonna... to win the title when he... So, I don't want him going after the title that fast. I'm King of the Ring, title match, and then he gets power slam. <laughs> Thank Imagine you for that. His, his, like, he's a big dude, so all his, his his actual move is just a running power slam. Old school uh, David Boy Smith. getting running power slam by a 300-pound man. Yeah, that's a lot of, that's <laughs> a lot of pressure. That's a lot of weight. A lot of pressure. Um, yeah, with that said, we're looking forward to uh, jumping into and watching Clash of Champions once we finish here in the studio. So we're very happy. Uh, we also want to give a little bit of an announcement as well. We've talked about this before, but we have all like inked everything and everything is good to go. We will be moving very soon uh, to a new studio. Um, we are going to be recording out of none other than Forbidden Planet, which is a comic book store. So you will be able to finally see our pretty faces, but also you'll also be able to see all of the wonderful uh, toys and memorabilia uh, that uh, is at wait, one Forbidden of Planet. Is Forbidden Planet. Planet? Yeah. Oh wow! Okay. Oh wait, I'm sorry, not Forbidden nah. Planet. <laughs> yeah, oh my I'm god! Like, yeah, I'm like Forbidden Planet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like Forbidden Planet. Planet is a pretty cool store, but it's not the place <laughs> yeah, that we're I'm going. Like, we're going to. We're going to we are going <laughs> to Fortress of Solitude. Ah, there we go. Okay. Very I, similar I, to. I thought about that for a second. Like, it's wait. the F word. That's what. <laughs> Fortress of Solitude in Newark, New Jersey, which has been a long staple comic book store, and the only and the comic home book of store. Superman for many, Superman. many, many years. This <laughs> is the home of Superman, right in downtown Newark. Who knew uh, Superman went straight from Metropolis to Newark? Who knew yeah. that? I mean, actually, if you want to get technical, let me push my glasses for a second. <laughs> if you want to get technical, Gotham City is actually based on Newark, New Jersey. So it is kind of interesting that Fortress of Solitude could reside over in Gotham instead of in Metropolis. Right over, right over the water right over the New York. So. As, as, as we've all heard that Gotham is right across the water, just like with New York and New Jersey. So uh, we will be heading there, and you're going to hear us uh, talk a lot about the store. Uh, hopefully we get a chance to talk to some of the employees there and uh, give you some of the history and backstory uh, we have a lot of great segments that are coming up in the very new future uh, a lot of great episodes um, our next episode that's coming up we're actually going to be talking to a, fi- a indie film creator that's going to be making a movie uh, by the name of student bodies what is this young lady's name student sir body uh, her name is Lee Ann Kerr Lee who Ann is Kerr. the writer and director oh yeah so uh, check out that episode Ronnie actually did a solo mission Woo-hoo. he went out he climbed through the trenches and he showed up at a coffee I shop I swam to Hoboken New Jersey you swam to Hoboken. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what body of water did you cross from? Uh, a lot your, of a lot of different bodies of water. A little different from my shower. Were there any student the, bodies? You know what? Oh. I got. <laughs> Uh, so, with that said, uh, we thank you once again for uh, tuning in and checking us out. We got a lot of great content coming up for you. Uh, very, very, very special guest. Uh, someone who, I'll give you a little bit more hints there, drop some more hints. He's done Daredevil, he's done Superman, he's done Spider Man, he's done so many different uh, projects, and it's just. 
He's he's currently doing um, Superman Year One right now through uh, DC Black Label. We got Frank Miller. No, no, but actually, that's funny you mentioned that. Yesterday, uh, as a, a little uh, take home, I got a chance to uh, meet Mr. Frank Miller. Yeah, uh, right. You can check out our Instagram. Uh, he did a beautiful signing for Batman's birthday, uh, which is going to be on September 21st. Uh, but I got a chance to sit down with him and have a really great conversation about um, the history of Batman and his work with Batman. And actually found out something interesting. Did you know that, a little uh, nugget of information, did you know that he was not involved in the uh, Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and Part 2 animated animation. Like, even though his, like, work was used and his dialogue was used, he was not involved in the project. Oh, really? Didn't so, he was, like, they showed it to him, of course, because it's being made after his own work, but that was a very interesting thing to find out, and he also gave me some insight onto his feelings about Superman, his feelings about Batman, and how much <laughs> he loves him, uh, but it was a really great time. He signed a lot of stuff for a few fans. It was a very, like, private event. There was only probably about 30 people who showed up for, wow. like, an hour. I would have um, won if I didn't oversleep, but... Yeah, know, Ronnie overslept, <laughs> so I had to go solo and talk to Frank Miller, so uh, there will be some pictures and some items that will be showing up on our Instagram very very soon as well as he signed a couple posters for me so if you see us at new york comic-con uh we will be doing some trivia there which is coming up in just about wait wait for the posters for the post let me me look at them first (laughs) no no no, i'm just kidding for one of the posters one of the great uh great uh top prizes that we have we're getting a lot of sponsored items that uh we're going to be uh have been donated by good friends all around uh the uh, entertainment industry and it's going to be exciting we have a it poster that's going to be that is signed uh by none other than bill skarsgård uh we also have that Frank Miller poster that's going to be coming up and a, and a ton of other uh, uh, items that we're going to be giving away at New York Comic Con. So we will be there. We will be doing press. We will be there all four days. So definitely check us out at New York Comic Con. Um, we're going that's going to be coming up in just two short weeks. Uh, and by that time, we're actually going to be launching episode 100. <sighs> Such a milestone in all of podcasting. Who knew? As well as uh, Monday, when you listen to this episode, as you're maybe listening to it right now, it is actually going to be our two-year anniversary of doing this show. Two years, man! Thank you so much for being with us. It, I've, I was just a young boy, and Ronnie is still an old man when I'm the show started. Old man Ronnie, coming soon. <laughs> old man Ronnie. Well, with that said, we're going to go ahead and take it home, and we're very happy that you've been here with us. Thank you for joining us for this journey. If it's your first time, please hit that subscribe button so you can stay tuned to more Send content that's email. coming to us. Tell us that we suck ass or you think we're good at RonnieMRKL at gmail.com. And check us out on all the social medias and all of your podcasting networks, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple iTunes, uh, Google Play, uh, Podbean, you name it. We're on all of these different networks. And you, coming you Google very, 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 very soon, finally, like finally, Ronnie and Markel. Finally, after being a lion sack of shit for... <laughs> Like, not, like, I won't say that we've been lying second shits. It's just we've had some deadlines that we have not been able to meet due to some technical difficulties. Yeah. But finally, we are finally, we got the place to be able to record the episodes as well as we have finally cut through all of the footage over the last year or so of, of press content and interviews and things that you have yet to see, but you will finally get to see all of them. We've been preparing this channel and we got a lot of great content coming up. So thank you so much for sticking around with us. And with that said... I'm Marco. And I'm Ronnie. And I will go ahead and end this show in a new way, which is something I would love to make a t-shirt of, which is, let's get down and nerdy, baby. 
down and nerdy. Let's get down and nerdy, baby. Okay. Down and nerdy, baby. All right, I'm I'm with it. He's with it. Good night, guys.